thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Good morning, great to be here. It was great to, it was a real privilege to be here yesterday. Um, I didn't dress up, don't worry. Uh, I was uh, part of the band and just to see just God move and to God God do things. And we've just sung, haven't we? When you come into, when you move, when you speak, it changes us. So as we come, this is the final session on the Holy Spirit in terms of looking at the Bible version, but it shouldn't be our final session with the Holy Spirit, okay? Because the Holy Spirit is crucial because it changes. He changes us. He transforms us. He has the power to, to move in our lives. And so if you've not seen any of the series, they are available any of the other questions, any other questions, any of the talks. But uh, this morning we come to the end and we're going to look at greater gifts and desiring them. So if I said to you, what do you want, what would you say? Obviously not a lot. What do we want? When do we want it? Okay. If I said, what do you really, really want? Yeah, <laughs> very good. Yeah, yeah. What is a zigzagar? The thing. It was the thing back in the 90s, wasn't it? But what happens when you really want something? Like, really, really want something? You know, like if you want a chair at the back of church, come early. Oh, sorry. Um, that's, that's a bit personal. You know, if you really want something, you know, I have an Amazon wish list. If you want to know what it is, I'll share it with you, and you can buy anything off it. That's great. But I, it's mainly books, and uh, I have this list, wish list, and I check it every day because, you know, Every so often, they knock the books down to 99p. And I got four last week. Yeah, that were 5.99 the week before. So it's worth doing. But uh, when I check on my wish list, I also started to notice that my son has put a wish list on my Amazon account. <laughs> so you know when you really, really want something, you make a wish list. So here is a picture of Joel's three items... <laughs> That is what Joel really, really, really wants. Stockings, cable knitted. There's only three items on it. Book binding toolkits and premium sewing tools. And the best one, let's look at a closer one, the Nessie Tail bookmark. Okay, I'll give you a bit of better picture of the Nessie Tail bookmark. There you go. That has been on that wish list for probably two years now, and I've not bought it. I have, I have resisted the temptation. I don't actually know why he's made this list, whether he thinks I'm going to look at it and go, oh, do you know what, I'll buy him that, or whether I just look at it and go, Joel, what are you turning into? <laughs> but the other thing that's interesting, when you have a wish list, and when you know what you really, really want, it says other things you might like. So underneath this, you have, oh, next picture, not finished yet. Other things you might like, you can get a duck-billed splatipus. If you like the Nessie bookmark, you can get a duck-billed spatula to scrape out and, and to spread things. But also, not only that, you can get a spooky bat bottle opener. Here it is. Okay, and the final one, 
and I think my favourite is this is a Gracula. It's a garlic grinder that looks like Count Dracula. So I'm expecting those to appear on Joel's wedding list soon. And Naomi will love those in her house. Is that right? Absolutely. But what do you really, really, really want? If you put something on the Amazon wish list, it implies you really want it. Because you've put it there thinking, oh, I can't get it now, but I really want it. But actually, if you really, really wanted them, you'd save your money and you'd buy them, Joel, to stop putting them on my wish list. But as we've looked at the spiritual gifts and as we've looked at this Holy Spirit, we're told to desire the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, after the list of gifts that we've looked at, has this verse. It says this, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Eagerly desire. We'll keep the verses up okay, as we speak about them. Eagerly desire the greatest gifts. What does that look like? To me, it looks like people desperate to get tickets for Wimbledon queuing outside in the cold. To me, it looks like people who go, was it Stollers that used to do a Boxing Day sale where if you went first, if you got in first, you got a settee for a quid. I think Steve Moyle got it once. No, Packers. I think Steve Moyle got it once anyway. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Steve McDonald did. There you go. Loads of people blast from the past that nobody will know about, but that doesn't matter. They eagerly desired a sofa for a quid, so they stayed out all night at the front of the queue, desperate to get it. Well, church, this verse says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Not, oh, let's try not to think about them, or, oh, let's not talk about them because they're a bit difficult. Really want to have them. It's actually written almost as a command that Paul's writing to this church eagerly desire the spiritual gifts think of the gifts that we've talked about think of the sessions that we've had we're not just to wait for God to drop them into our laps that's what Joel's expecting with his Amazon wish list that dad will eventually drop him the Nessie bookmark he's always wanted you might be sitting there going come on God I've come to this church regularly I'm just wanting you to do it no you've got to eagerly desire it you've got to seek it it's what when we seek it's said in the song you've just sung when we seek and when we see it's only he can do it so you've got to start by having the holy spirit and when we say jesus i recognize you died for me jesus i accept you into my life the holy spirit starts to live in you but you're still supposed to eagerly desire you're still supposed to eagerly chase you're supposed to pursue not just sit back we're not supposed to ignore the gifts or do nothing about them. You know, the word dynamis is used for the Holy Spirit. It means power, dynamis. But we've got a word very similar, haven't we? Dynamite. Very difficult to handle dynamite. It could go off at any point. Certainly the older versions of it, I believe. But dynamite is difficult to handle. Maybe we're scared of dealing with the spiritual gifts because we don't know how to handle them. Maybe we're worried, because actually even the best things can be dangerous in the wrong way, can't they? Think about it. One of the spiritual gifts that's been mentioned was administration. Even administration can be handled badly, can't it? If you have somebody who is, is administering badly, then actually that's not a good gift. But God's gifts are good. But actually... It's without love where there becomes a problem because that verse doesn't just say, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. It says, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. I think that was Paul in his Bill and Ted phase. For those of you who are young enough to remember Bill and Ted. 
I will show you the most excellent way. Excellent. Okay. And then he goes on to a whole, a whole chapter about love. A whole chapter about love. So the first two things go hand in hand. We have the spiritual gifts, but they have to be handled with love at the heart of them. They have to have love in the middle. Even hospitality can be a difficult gift, can't it? Because you can be selective and go, well, I don't want that person, but I'll help that person. No, 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 no. God says, I love the whole world. <laughs> and he says to us, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He also says, love your enemy. So actually, the gifts have got to be combined with love. The Holy Spirit is longing to bring the dynamics, the power into our lives. But it's not just about power, it's about love at the heart. 1 Corinthians 14, after the passage on love, verses 1 to 3 we read last week, says this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Because prophecy is for strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Ladies, who was encouraged by their little envelope yesterday? Okay? So, nearly all the ladies, I think, put their hands up there. For those of you who don't know, the prayer team spent weeks praying for each individual lady. And then they felt what God was saying and what God was putting on their heart. There was a Bible verse. There were some thoughts, some prophetic. The idea is to eagerly desire that gift of prophecy. We started doing this, ladies, I think last year, was it? Yeah, last year. So do you know, this year, you could see a real growth in that gifting. You could see a real increase as the ladies stepped out to pray and write. And they gave out those envelopes to total strangers saying, I think this is what God has got to say to you. And you know, we have already had amazing feedback from ladies who are here saying, that is absolutely where I am. God knows us. So what is the gift of prophecy for? Oh, it's for strengthening. Were you strengthened by your word? Were you encouraged by your word? And were you comforted? That's the gift of prophecy. And as we step in the church into these new things in some ways that we've not really seen, we're seeing blessing. But it's in love as well. Those envelopes weren't written and said, here, I have this. You know, they were prayed over. They were, they were looked after. And then the ladies were given time to think about it. Then they were prayed for as they read them. And that, that was love in the midst of the prophecy. And actually... You know, there isn't time. If I said to you, who would like to share what their word was and how it's encouraged them, would, who would do it? Katie, would you do it? Come on then. <laughs> oh, you haven't got it. Okay. How were you encouraged? In lots of ways. Very good. Just be wary of putting your hand up. I might actually decide to jump on you. But... I've had conversations, even yesterday there was a lady who came to the church on the first Sunday of this series of the Holy Spirit and uh, we talked about the fact that sometimes we pray and actually we have to wait and she said it's been amazing over the weeks since that first session, I think it was eight weeks ago, she said God has just been blowing my, me away really and actually her word today 
a word yesterday was absolutely incredible. When you knew her backstory and you knew what God was saying to her, it was phenomenal. And actually that was written because somebody listened to God on somebody else's behalf. When we ask you to go for prayer at the end of church, that's what people are doing, listening to God on your behalf and praying for you and saying, maybe God wants just to encourage you, strengthen you and comfort you. You know, when you go for prayer, prophecy isn't God's told me all your secrets and I'm going to tell you them all. You know, if someone came and prayed and said, right, okay, Joel, Joel, I want to pray for you now. Uh, I believe that God's going to get you that messy bookmark this week. No. But it might be, you know, Joel, I wouldn't sit here and say, Joel, your hat looks silly. You know, God says your hat looks silly. Um, because actually that's not encouraging, strengthening or comforting, is it? And actually, we have seen for, for our children, when we've been to Soul Survivor, the prayer team have prayed over us and our kids and other leaders, and they didn't know them, and yet their word was just absolutely incredible. Because God knows us. And so when I hear God speaking in that way, when I see women yesterday responding to the word they were given, is that not something to eagerly desire? Yeah? Is that not worth queuing for, if you like, metaphorically, and staying up all night and thinking about and, and praying for? Is it not worth pursuing rather than saying, well, God, if you're going to give it me, I'm here. No, eagerly desire, chase after the spiritual gifts. I want to point out that means all of them, all of them, not just selective ones. Because actually if we don't, Christ's body is missing out. We are the church, yeah? Yeah? We are his body, yeah? We are his bride, so if we aren't receiving those gifts, if we're not chasing after the things he wants to give us and saying, Holy Spirit, come, then do you know what? We're missing out on being encouraged, strengthened, and comforted. That's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Who wants to be encouraged, strengthened, and comforted? Well, we all do. Well, do you know what? In church, we need to pursue the greater gifts. So we need to say, God, we need to hear from you. We need to speak from your, your throne room. Or his body is missing out. I want to draw close attention to chapter 13, known as the love chapter. We did a series of love is where Jeff Chad excelled himself every week on putting a memory verse somewhere. I seem to remember that was right, wasn't it? It was that series. So if you want to hear that, look back on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. But hear the last line of chapter 13. This line comes just before Paul then says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. Okay. Chapter 13, verse 13 of 1 Corinthians says this, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Pursue the greater gifts. What's the greatest gift? What's the greatest gift? Love. But it's not just love for who you like. It's not mushy, romantic love. It's love for your enemy, love for your neighbor, love for the person that you really find difficult really find difficult <laughs> three things will last for eternity you know the spiritual gifts won't be forever we won't need them when we're in his presence because we will be made whole we won't need healing because we'll have new bodies can't wait we won't need you know we won't need comforting because there'll be no tears so when we're in his presence completely when we get to that day where jesus returns there'll still be hope faith and love because God is love. 
And the love is the greatest thing. But the greatest is love. I eagerly desire the greater gifts, the love of your enemy, the love of your neighbor, loving your church, loving your family. Eagerly desire love as top of the list. Why? Because that's the greatest. Yeah? Greatest. So we need to hear the prophetic words for one another. So let's desire to hear God as we pray for one another. And when we do that, what are we listening for? Strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. That's what prophetic words are, strengthening, encouraging, comforting. And sometimes they'll just encourage you that God knows exactly what you're going through. Sometimes they'll encourage you in that God has got something ahead of you that you, you, you've sort of been thinking about. And he puts it, this is for you. I want to finish this series with a parable Jesus told. In the message version, it's called The Story About Investment. It's in Matthew's Gospel. Chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. Often it's called the parable of the talents. In this NIV version, it's, it talks about bags of gold. But we'll come on to that in a minute. So Jesus told this story about the kingdom of heaven and about his kingdom now. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one of his servants, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. That reminds me of those verses in Corinthians that say, the spirit gives to who he determines. Yeah? So the master gives different gifts. Five, two, one, depending on their ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once, and hear this line, and put his money to work. Put his money to work. Put his gift to work. Let's change the language a little. He's been given a gift. And he gained five bags more. Doubled. Doubled. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. Doubled. So the one who had two has now nearly got the same as the one who started with five. Why? Because he put his gift to work. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Didn't do anything with it. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. 
So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a hard ending. This parable is talking about that one day Jesus will return to judge. And that God is a fair judge. And actually some people will be left sad. Just like people today, it will be devastating. But the original language of talents, one talent was the equivalent of 20 years wages. 20 years wages. That's a lot of money, isn't it? So actually one talent was 20 years wages. So the man who had given five talents was given 100. Yeah, just checking my maths in my head. Thank you. I had a moment of doubt then, really, like, oh, is my maths right? A hundred years wage. Who would like a hundred years wages? Yes, okay. Maybe. But the original language was that equivalent. So despite what the third servant says, the master was generous, yeah? The master wasn't being stingy. Even the one he only gave one gift to, it was worth 20 years worth of wages. So that's not a stingy, mean, cruel master, is it? That's just the person's perspective who didn't want to do anything with the gift. The first two take what the master has given and use it. They put it to work and double what they had. The third servant is just unaware of what they've been given. So they stick it in a hole in the ground. They hide it. Keeps it safe and with no thought to investing it at all. I want to read you his response in the message version. And I've nearly finished. Matthew 25 verses 24 to 28. In the message version, say this. I don't know if you've got this because I didn't send this through. It says this. The servant given 1,000, or that's $1,000 in, in, the, in the message version, said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, then why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest. The least you could have done would have been to invest. And then it finishes with this. Remove this, play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Let me challenge you. As we've looked at this series on the Holy Spirit, if you've not been here for the whole thing, I'm really sorry because some of this is added on to what we've talked about. But what do you really want? Because if it is a zigazigar, it's not worth anything. Do we really want what God has to give us? That's the question that Paul poses as we come to the end of this series on the Holy Spirit. Do you really want what God got to give you? This parable from Jesus tells me we need to invest. Because if you really want it, you can't hide away. You can't play it safe. You've got to be faithful. And you know, sometimes people say faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It's a risk. But it's never a risk when God's under us and when God is above us and when God is around us because God says, I'll catch you when you jump. God says, I will be there. Are you afraid to disappoint this morning? 
Well, do you know, God is not disappointed in us. When you're his child, he says, look at my daughter, look at my son. He's proud because of who you are, because you've accepted Jesus. That's what it is. Maybe you find you struggle with boldness this morning. Well, can I ask, are we investing or using what we've been given? What have we been given? So as we finish, we remember that the Holy Spirit is God in us if we're Christians. If you're a Christian this morning, you have the spirit of the living God living in your life. We remember that he is generous and he longs to completely fill us. We've learned he gives gifts and he wants us to use them, not hide them away. So if you've got a gift, then use it. Don't hide away. But the most important thing is that love comes at the center. Use our gifts with love to serve and to love even those who are difficult to love. What's the master's response to those that invest? Well done, good and faithful servant. Because even the little you've given, you've looked after, I'll give you more. That's what God says. Even the little you've looked after, I'll give you more. He works for the glory of God. And the Holy Spirit works to testify of Jesus in our lives. But do you know the one thing you've got to learn as we go from today? We can't just sit and do nothing. We can't just sit and belong. We need to invest what we've been given. We need to put back in what we've been given. Even the little that God has for you is massive. 20 years wages was the one talent. Even the little is huge. But he doesn't want to just throw it in your lap. He wants you to stand and say, God, I'm chasing you. We sing our, his goodness is running after us, but you know, we need to be running after him. So desire and invest. What do you want? What do you want? That's how I started. What's on your spiritual wish list? Have you brought it to God? Joel's brought his Amazon wish list to his dad. I know what he wants. And in time, maybe he'll get. Maybe he won't. But God needs to know that you want him. Pursue him eagerly. Long for the greater gifts and then step out in love to use what's already given. Why? Because we want to be strengthened, comforted and encouraged. Yeah? Let's pray. The band can come up. I just want to pray over us all as church and if, if you don't know Jesus this morning I believe um, I believe you can't choose a better time than now to choose Jesus if you've never accepted him as your saviour if you've never said okay God I'm going to take that step I'm going to invest in you then maybe today is the day you do it and you can do that with our prayer team they'll lead you through the prayer and they'll, they'll pray over you might not be the easiest decision you've ever made, but it will be the best.
So, Father God, I pray over your church. It's not our church, it's your church. Father, I pray over every person in this room. I pray over every seat, and I pray, God, that you will perform a miracle in their lives and move, move in power, in your power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray, Lord, that we will be willing to pursue. Father God, maybe we have been Christians for a long, 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 long time, and we've just been quite happy to settle for being saved. Father, let us not settle. Let us move forward to seize the opportunities that you give us, to step out in faith and to say, God, here I am. Use me. Use my mouth. Use my hands. Use my feet. Use my ears. Use my eyes. Father God, I long to be somebody who is, is able to be hospitable. I long to be somebody who, who can speak in tongues. I long to be somebody who can hear you and prophesy. I long to see miracles in our church. I long to see healings in our church. So, Father God, I pray today that as we finish this time, as we play, as we worship, I pray, Lord, that if there are people here who for that is stirring in them that says, yes, I pray, Lord, that they will get up out of their seats and they will be prayed for. Father, I pray for the ladies yesterday who prayed with so many and gave and gave and gave. Father, I encourage them to go and receive this morning. But Father, I pray that you will give us words for one another that are strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. So Father God, we thank you for your, your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence, and we thank you for your power, but we thank you for your love and seed in Jesus. And so this morning, we don't want to leave here unchanged. So Father God, we say, come Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us fall afresh in new ways, in power. Do those new things that we will see you at work. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer teams at the back, if you want to receive prayer this morning, go. Don't wait. If you want to be filled with his spirit this morning, go. Don't wait. If you want to invest in what he's got for you this morning, go. Don't wait. And the rest of us, if you don't sense that that's for you, I think it's for the whole church, personally. We could all be at the back. But this morning, maybe you've been feeling like you're in a desert place. Maybe things have been a bit dry. Maybe things have gone a little bit stale. This morning, invest, respond, receive. Thanks, guys.